0: Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. And thanks for that, Anthony. That leads actually leads into my sermon really well, so I'm actually really excited about that. Um, but how about I pray for us, and then we will get into it. Uh, Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that you are a good God. Uh, we we thank you that you love us, and, and we thank you uh, for Nadoc Week and the opportunity uh, to to love other people and to work towards reconciliation and Lord God as we open your word today Lord we hope that that's what we can do we can learn to love others and we ask as we listen uh, that your spirit would be with us uh, and softening our hearts giving us ears that can listen and I pray that spirit that you would be with me uh, as I uh, speak today in your name we pray Amen. Well, uh, welcome everyone once again uh, and welcome online if you're with us as well. Uh, My name is Braden, I'm one of the the pastors here and I want to start by sharing a little story about a guy uh, called Robert Liston. Uh, I can put a picture up on the screen, that's him there, uh, so you can become acquainted, so now you're best friends. Uh, He was a a surgeon uh, in the 1800s, and now surgery in the 1800s was a bit of a difficult thing uh, because there's no anaesthetic and there's no antibiotics. And so in order to to perform a successful surgery, uh, one of the key aspects was speed, uh, if, you were, if you were a fast surgeon, it meant that there was less chance for your patients to run away. Uh, there was also uh, less chance for your, your patients, as they're being sliced and diced, uh, to die of shock and pain. Uh, and there was also less chance of infection. And Robert, Robert Liston became known as one of the fastest surgeons uh, in the West and in the UK uh, and he, he became so well known for speed and, and so obsessed with speed that he adem- like eventually adopted this, this catchphrase before every surgeon as he would go in and you would turn to all the people in the surgery with him and be like, Time me, gentlemen. And he'll be performing these surgeries in a matter of minutes uh, and and putting things to, you know, cutting people up, putting them together, and about, you know, five minutes, surgery's done, patients are all off, ready to go. But there's this one story that's a bit of a legend for Robert Liston, and and there's this problem where he became so obsessed with speed that there was this one surgery where, in his first slice, he was amputating a leg, his first slice down, he cut off his assistant's fingers. And then as he threw his, his, his knife away from his first slice, he cut through the jacket of another man. Now, the man whose coat that he'd cut through uh, thought that he'd been sliced open and he died of shock. <laughs> the man whose fingers he cut off got an infection and because of no antibiotics, he died as well. The man whose leg he was amputating also got an infection and he died too. And so in the name of speed, Robert Liston killed one person in one surgery and is forever known as the only surgeon to have a 300% mortality rate in one surgery. And there's a problem where sometimes we can focus on something that is good. The aim of the game in surgery back in those days was speed, but sometimes we become so focused with something that it eventually becomes something that is bad. We can become so focused on something that is supposed to be a good thing and so focused on on something that that has a good purpose and a good meaning that it becomes something bad. And and for the Jews uh, and for the Israelites, that thing was the law. And and the law was something that was supposed to point people towards God. It it was something that that was supposed to, to set them apart as God's people. It was something that was supposed to help them and guide them to live in a moral way. But they became so focused on it that it became something that ruled their lives and it became something that they used to justify themselves. It became used as something that would make them feel better people and make them elevate themselves as better people and see themselves as better people and it would be something that, that they would follow meticulously uh, and, and used to justify themselves, that they would say that they're, they're righteous before God, they're, they're justified by the law. And, and the problem with the law is that, that it was actually supposed to condemn them. So that if you actually read the law properly, it was actually something that no one can do. It, it was something that we can't follow, it's something that we can't actually, we can't actually do properly, and, and, and so what would instead happen is they would start to try and figure out ways that they could follow the law. So it's like, all right, so, so we can focus on, on, on um, circumcision. That's my first one, uh, by the way, uh, for those who were last week. Uh, so, that, so you'd focus on this because that one's a really easy one that you can tick off. Uh, and, and then there's this one that's actually quite hard to follow. But what we can do is, is like a rich person's accountant. We can actually kind of read it in, in a way that suits us a little bit better. So we, we, can read, we can read this law and we can interpret this law differently. Um, this one over here, we can, we can kind of sweep it under the carpet. We won't really talk about this one too much. Uh, and, and, and eventually, uh, the, these experts in the law, who they would come, all right, this is how we're going to follow the law and we're going to be justified before God. We're going to be great Jewish people. We're going to be people that are, that are followers of the law and we're going to be justified by the law and we'll be right before God. But the problem is they missed the point of the law, and, and in doing that, they missed the point of Jesus. They, they didn't see the need for Jesus, and they didn't see the need for their salvation. And, and this is where we come to Galatians 5, where, where Paul is once again arguing that, that we're not about justifying ourselves by the law, but the law is something that actually points us towards Jesus. The law is something that, that points to our need for a saviour, And and so, if we get to Galatians 5, uh, we can read in verse 1 in the first little bit, it says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Or or you can read it in a different way Christ set us free for freedom. And, And so, we're no longer people that have to be slaves to the law. We're no longer people that have to be justified. You know, have to have to work our lives trying to figure out how do we interpret the law, how do we how do we kind of take away our guilt, how do we kind of make ourselves look good. We're no longer people that live just burdened and and crushed by this law. But now we are free. And and, and if that was the only verse, uh, that would that would be great. Like it seems easy, right? We're free from the law. We you know we don't have to worry about the law anymore, and that's fine. And we can all go home. But there's another problem, and so in in verse uh, the rest of verse one in, in chapter five it says, "Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery." Now, don't don't think about eggs, don't do it. Um, but because a yoke, a yoke is like this big, this big wooden thing that you would use to you know, attach your, you know, harness your animals to this big agricultural equipment that they would pull around. And so he's saying, don't, don't put yourself back in this harness and try and pull this thing around. Don't hitch yourself back up because you are now free. You don't have to use the law and try and pull your way to salvation because you are free, so don't go back. And, and here's the thing, we actually like justifying ourselves. We, we like to be our own saviours, we, we like to be the person who saves the day, we like to be the hero, we don't like to be the person that, that needs to be saved. When, when I was 18, I, I moved out of home so I could go live in Perth and study and <clears throat> I packed everything in my car, ready to go. Uh, my my mum warned me about double demerits, um, even though there's no double demerits because that's what you do when you're a parent. Uh, and, and so I set off uh, on the highway, ready to go into the big bad world in, into Perth. Uh, and and on the way, I diligently, uh, as my parents told me to, I stopped to have a break. Stopped on the side of the road. There's a little gravel car park off the side of the road, and, and I stopped there uh, and had a bit of a break, had a bit of a rest from driving. And as I went to turn the car back on, R-r-r-r-r-r-r. I left the lights on. And, and so here I was in the, in the middle of, of, you know, the, this little car park behind the bush where no one could see me and, and my car wouldn't start. Now, I felt like an idiot but luckily, I, I was a country kid so I was like, I can, I can solve this problem, I can fix this and, and so I had a manual car and I knew that if, if I could get enough momentum by pushing the car, I could actually start it. So I put the car in neutral and here I am trying to push my car with all my belongings inside the car and I'm pushing and I'm slipping over because it's gravel as well. So I'm falling over, uh, the, the surface isn't super level so I'm pushing the car and then the car just rolls back down the hill uh, and I'm kind of in a bit of a, a tricky situation and about half an hour later I realise that I can't start the car. And I feel like I failed as a country kid because I left my lights on, flattened the battery and, uh, and no, you know, my, my parents are going to reject me. They won't let me come back to Albany uh, because I'm stuck on the side of the road here. And, and, but there was this, this farmer that actually happened to pass by because there's a little turn off for his farm and he had some jumper cables and he came out and started my car. And he's probably like, this guy's an idiot and as he's starting my car I'm like, I'm an idiot, this sucks. Uh, but, but this guy saved the day and, and there's nothing that I could do to save myself I was just some dumb kid who got stuck on the side of the road and, and, and someone had to come and save me because I couldn't save myself. But here's the thing, like we, we want to be our own saviours. We, we want to be the people who save you. No one wants to be the person that needs the, someone to jumpstart their car on the side of the road. But, but here's the thing that's even worse. If, I, if the guy jumpstarted my car... I get that, thanks mate, thanks for the jump start, turn the car off and go back and push the car. Sorry, I, I really want, I need this win, I want to save myself, Like that would be dumb, because then I'll be stuck there again, and then I'll be pushing my car until some other farmer comes along and be like, this guy's an idiot, he's been pushing the car for two hours now, and, and there's another jump start. But the thing is, we love being our own saviours. But this is what, what Paul's saying, don't be burdened again by the yoke of slavery, you are free and you no longer have to save yourself. You no longer have to be the person that gets yourself out of trouble. You no longer have to do that. And the problem with this is that when we have Jesus as our Saviour and when we are freed by Him and when we're not our Saviour, we have to admit some things, right? If you like, man, like I couldn't save myself. I'm actually a sinner. And, and this is uh, where we carry on in, in verse 2, and it says, Mark my words, Paul, uh, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to you, every man who lets himself uh, be circumcised, that he is obligated to obey the whole law. And, and this is where we have this problem of the Jewish leaders turning the law into something that justified themselves. They, they focus on key aspects, they, they try and, and, and follow the law and justify themselves so they don't have to come to that admission, man, I do need Jesus, oh, I actually, sinner. I actually do need saving, I, I can't save myself, I can't push start the car... And when Jesus came along, this is something that he made abundantly clear. If you go and read the Sermon in the Mount on Matthew, Jesus comes along and said, you have heard that the law says this. You know, you have heard that the law says, uh, um, you know, love, love your, your neighbours but hate your enemies. But that's not what the law said. That was something that, that the Jews had interpreted the law so they could make it a lot easier for themselves because loving everyone is really hard, but you know, loving just a few people that are nice to you and, and your best friends is, is not as hard. And Jesus said, no, like the law is actually much harder to follow. The law is, is more impossible. And, and the truth be told, even though you're a Pharisee and you know, you've spent your whole time following, following the law and doing the right things and, and even making up these extra laws that you could follow as well, you actually are crushed by the law. You can't follow the law. You're actually a sinner who is in desperate need of a saviour which, if you spent your whole life following the law, is a hard thing to hear, right? If you spent the whole, your whole life knowing that you've worked so hard to justify yourselves, that's a hard thing to hear. It's not a, a fun thing to hear that, man, like you, like, you can't do anything. You can't justify yourself. You can't, you, no matter no, 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 how, how well you follow the law, it actually crushes you because the law is so much more than what you can actually do. and that 's part of the reason why they got angry at Jesus and wanted to kill him. He told these people that had worked hard their lives that they were sinners and needed of a savior and, and, and this is and this is where we continue on if we if we read verses four and five it says "You who are trying to be justified by the law, have been alienated from Christ. you have fallen away from grace for through the spirit." we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. <clears throat> now, when we, when, we, when we try and justify ourselves, it, it seems really innocent because how, how could trying to do the right thing and, and trying to be closer to God and, and trying, trying to be you know, justifying it and doing the right thing, how could that alienate us from God? If I try and live my life doing the right thing, if I try and live my life getting as close to the mark as possible and, and doing that, how can that alienate me from God? Because that's, that's, that's a legitimate question, right? How, how, could, how could that, doing the right thing, trying to justify myself, alienate me from Jesus? And, and, and this is, there's, there's three things that I want to look at here. The first thing it is justi- justification by law denies the sufficiency of Christ. Now, once again, if I, if when I'm there on the side of the road, needing someone to save me, like, if I, if I you know, a guy jump starts my car and I'm like, alright, cool, no worries, mate, I, I didn't really need you, like, I'd be a jerk, right? Say mate, I could save my, like, I could have saved myself, but, you know, while you're here, I might, like, that, that's not, no way to say Thanks. And when Jesus came and died for us and paid for everything, when we come along and say, thanks, Jesus, but I was kind of almost there myself, I didn't really need, like, that's insulting. That's incredibly insulting. Like, Jesus came and died and did everything for us. We were completely corrupt. We were completely lost and we're like, oh, Jesus, like, I was pretty good anyway, but thanks for, like, the... Little top up. Thanks for the jump start. I was pretty fine. Like, no, like Jesus did everything for us. And, and we think that, that, that our power can get us some of the way, but in reality, it can't. Jesus did everything. Jesus was out. When we, when we try and, and get ourselves part of it, we discount what Jesus has done for us. We discount it. We, we reject all of Jesus when we do that. We, we, we see it as something that wasn't enough and something that we needed to continue to top up and fix ourselves. And, and problem number two is, is that justification by law denies our shortcomings. And, and when we do that, it also denies our need for Christ. See, in order, in order to realise that we need a Saviour, we need to realise that we need a Saviour. We need to realise that we are someone who is lost, we need to realise that we are someone who does fall short, and, and we need to realise that we, we actually have stuffed up and we need a saviour. We need to be the person who, who is on the side of the road stuck and flagging someone down like, yep, I'm an idiot, I left my, I left my lights on, my battery's flat, I'm done. I'm not a true country kid, it's okay, my parents don't love me anymore. No, but, but we, we need to realise that we fall short. We need to realise that we fall short, uh, and and even it, it says like in, in verse uh, in verse five it says even our faith comes through the Spirit, and so even so, oh like I've got so much faith and that's what's going to get me there. No, like that comes through the Spirit. It's not even you that that saves yourself in any way possible. It is all about what God does for us. It is God who saves us and we, all we need to do is realise that we aren't good enough to save ourselves and that Jesus needs to come along and save us. And, and the problem with when we deny our shortcomings and when we, when we do this is it leads to a whole bunch of other stuff because the only way, when we, when we do fall short, the only way to continue justifying ourselves is, is to try and make your shortcomings adequate. So, you have to try and make yourself not guilty somehow. So, you have to do a lot of arguing, you have to try and justify yourself. So, so, you can, so you can kind of make excuses as to why something doesn't apply to you. You can try and argue as to why you're innocent about this one part of your life that doesn't really count because, you know, this happened here or, or you know, I'm innocent because this doesn't really apply to me or, or someone wronged me here so that's why I did the wrong thing or why I was mean here. We have to try and make excuses and reasons for our shortcomings because if we, if we do admit our shortcomings, then, then we actually do need a saving, we can't save ourselves. So, we have to try and argue our way out of it. We have to, or or we have to be like the the Jews and the Pharisees and we have to rewrite the law so that we actually are good enough. So, it's like, oh, the Bible doesn't actually tell me that I have to do it this way uh, and I don't actually have to love all people because if this person doesn't really love me, then I can do this. Or, you can be like, oh, it's not actually really gossip, it's just prayer points, that's a good one, right? You know, we can, we can try and rewrite the law so there's things that we can do and, and get away with it. We, have, we, can, we can justify it and change it. And so uh, one, of, one of the great uh, examples is how we uh, approach, like, Nadog week. We were like, oh, like, it wasn't actually, like, I don't have to, I'm not responsible for, for reconciliation. I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't kill anyone. I didn't enslave anyone. I didn't take anyone's land. Like, I paid for my own house. We, we can try and justify ourselves, like, I don't have to love these people. Or, or we, can even, we can even try and make it look like we're more justified. So we can try and, and make ourselves sound better than we actually are. And, like, we, and so we, we, can, we can say things, but they can really be empty. We can, we can say the right things and, and look like we really care about people where, when inside our hearts are really hard. And this is what Jesus is big on calling people out for when, when we see Him interacting with a lot of the Jewish people, because they're following the law so carefully, but they don't care about anyone at all. They don't. There's people that are, that are poor, but they've given their 10%, so that doesn't matter. They've tithed all they need a tithe, so they're like starving on the side of the road, like Type my ten percent buddy. Like, see you later. Uh, you know, oh you know, you're on site it's actually the Sabbath. I can't do anything to help you there. So they like Sorry mate. You know, they they you know, as long as I'm following the law, I don't you know, I can I can just look like I'm doing it and it doesn't matter. Or the or the last one that we can do is that we can care. And, and, and you know that we can we can you know care for this person, we can care, and then this person over here hasn 't cared as much as me, so I can treat them you know i 'm better than them and, and so and so i 've lift this person up, but I, but then this person like they 're not really that good, they haven 't really justified them, ser- themselves very well because they don 't help other people in the same way that I do, and then we think less of them, and, and so even like we might we might have raised equality up here, but we we create inequality here, because, we, because we're really good and we've saved ourselves and they haven't. And, and this is the last problem, is that justification by law denies the equality of all people. Justification by law denies the equality of all people. Because I am more justified, I must be Better. You know, it's, it's, it's a, and it's a lot easier for us to justify ourselves when we compare with other people than when we justify ourselves in comparison to God. So, if I can prove that I'm more justified than this person over here, then, then things are pretty good. If I'm, a, if I'm a good person compared to what everyone else is, then I must be pretty good. And, and because this person isn't as good, then, then like, I, can, I can look down on them because I'm a better person. It's easy, right? And, and, and we, we do this uh, without even noticing so, no, no generation has ever looked at our grandparents and been like, they, these guys were models and, and all we can do is try and, and be as close as we can to what our grandparents were like. You know, like they were, they were just, just great people who, you know, just in terms of how they loved people and, and cared for people and, and like, no, like we're like, oh, like our, our grandparents didn't really understand it. Like, they didn't really understand how to be just. They didn't understand how to be good people, and we've kind of figured it out now. Like, no, no political party ha, has said, like, both parties, are, like, we're, both of us are just really trying to do the best thing for our people. We know we have some weaknesses uh, in, in our political party and our political views, and, and, and the other party has lots of strengths. And, and we just hope that we can work together as two different political parties for the betterment of our people. No politician has ever said that, no politician in the world. They're like, we are, we are right, we are more justified, we are doing the right thing, we are, we are the right party to vote for and everything that party does is horrible and bad, they kill puppies uh, and, and they shouldn't be trusted. And when when the other political party finds something or exposes something that we do, we sweep it under the carpet. No, that doesn't really count because this happened, and, and this is actually like you know not quite true. Uh, and, and this you know we get the spin doctor out, and we kind of spin this article so it's not, so it's not really um, actually applying to us. So we can be justified. So we can be the best political party. And the other political party, once again, they kill puppies and kittens, uh, and, and don't vote for them. Like, we justify ourselves and make ourselves better people and we look down on everyone else. And when we we elevate ourselves, it doesn't create better people. When we elevate ourselves, it doesn't create better people. And it will inevitably lead... To, to elevating ourselves above the people around us when, when we try and justify ourselves and, and we will we will treat people in a way that is not the way that God calls for us to treat people you know we, we, we talked about it a few, like, a few times already like the the Jews treated people around them horribly they didn't love their enemies they didn't love the people around them there's you know 60, 60, 70 years ago, there was a movement where a, a group of people thought they were a better race, they thought they were a better people, they thought that the other, the other race that was living amongst them was a lesser people, they thought that they were doing the bad thing and so they exterminated them. The people that, that, were, that thought they were good were, were, were a group of people that were 94% Christian. And they, here they are, justifying themselves, saying that we are a better people, these people are bad, we can exterminate them as Christians. As Christians. When, when, when colonisers first came to Australia and saw Indigenous people there, they're like, we are sophisticated people, we are smart people. We are good Christian people. These people that we see around us aren't any of those things. We can take their land. We, can, it, we, we look at ourselves as better people, we justify ourselves as better people, and we treat people around us horribly. That's what happens. We, we treat people poorly because we think we're more important, we're more moral, we're closer to God and the other people are insufficient and don't, you know, they, they, they're not under God's love, they're, they're not deserving of God's love, but we are. When in reality, we are all sinners, we are all people who are in desperate need of a Saviour. We're all people who desperately need a saviour. We're all people who desperately don't deserve God's love. We're all people that desperately don't deserve anything, but we are loved by God. And this is where we I want to finish in verse 6. It says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And the thing that I find most frustrating about this verse is that, because it talks about circumcision, it's never going to end up on a mug. Yeah? But it's one of the most important verses, I think, that are in the, that's in the Bible, because it says the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. That's important. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. See, when we realize that we are deserving of nothing, when we realize that we are crushed by the law, when we, when we realize that we don't deserve freedom, when we realize that, that we can't follow the law, we can't justify ourselves, That when we realize that we need a saviour, and we, we realize God's love, when we realize that, that Jesus died on a cross, we realise how much we are loved. We realise how much we are loved. I've been married for one year now. I've still got a lot of things to learn. But one thing that I have learned so far is that love produces love. If, if, I, if I try and, and expect things from my wife, from Rach, if, if I try and, and expect things that happen or if I try and do things to get things from her, things don't go so well. But, but I know that, that when I love her and, and, and focus solely on loving her, all she wants to do is love me back. And then all I want to do is love her back. And it just goes back and forth. Love, 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 love. That's, my, that's my, my lesson one year in. There we go. But here's the thing. Love produces love. And, and until we can realize how much we need God's love we can't, really, we can't really produce the love that we receive through faith when we realise and put our faith in Jesus, like man I need you Jesus, man I, I'm insufficient and, and all we can do is respond in love because we realise how loved we are we, we, we love people around us because of it so when it comes to NADOC, we're like, man, I just want to love you guys. How can, how, can we, how can we love these people? And that was William Cooper. He was just trying to love people around him. Let's just, let's just love people. When it comes to, to working with the world, it's like, man, I just want to, I just want to love people. Because I, I feel so loved because I realize that, that I am broken and I do need a Savior. And I realize that Jesus died for me. I just want to love people. Let's be a church that loves people. Let's be a church that that loves those around us. Let's be a church that is is known, not because we are more just than everyone else. Let's not be a church that's known because we do more right things than everyone else, but let's be a church that loves people because we realise how much we are loved. And, and, And this is my application for you today. I... One of the ways that I think that 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 stops us—the one of the ways that we try and justify ourselves, especially in a Western world—is that 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 we we justify ourselves by being the busiest people we possibly can. We 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 justify ourselves by being driven. We justify ourselves by by being finding like being successful, achieving goals. burning the candle at both ends, being, being the parent that, that can, can parent, you know, all these different things at the same time and make their kid the most successful thing while also having the most successful job and and being involved in all these extracurricular things in the, in the community and, and doing all these different things. And when we do that, we don't stop and look at how much we need Jesus. We don't stop and... And realize how much we need him and lean into his love. And so, what, you know, there, there's a guy called uh, John Maynard Keynes. He, he was an economist, and in the 1930s, he predicted that, the, that in 100 years' time, so 10 years from now, everyone would be working a 15 hour work week because of how much technology has advanced us. Yet here we are. Who, who's working a 15 hour work week? No one. Gotta work harder. Slow down. Slow down. Don't and and don't try and add slowing down to your schedule. Don't be oh I've got to fit another half hour block of slowing down in. No, take something out of your schedule. Take something out. Just cut it out. Set a time, time to realise how much you need Jesus. Think about how much you actually need Him. Think about how much you are loved. And feel that love. Because when, when we realise how much we are loved, it produces love. And we can focus on being people who are loving. Not people who are just. Not people who are better than everyone else. Just people who will go out and love people around us. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you that you are a God who loves us. We thank you that we're free we thank you for your son, Jesus, who, who died for us. And Lord, we, we ask that we can, we can stop trying to be our own saviours. We can stop trying to justify ourselves. We can stop trying to be people who are, who are better and stronger and, and faster. But Lord, we just pray that we can become people who understand how much we need you and understand how much you love us. And that we can be a people who respond in love. In your name we pray. Amen.